It's worse today than it was in your day. It's worse in 2023 than it was then. I'm not going to make it unless I get a double portion of what you've got. You see, I notice Elisha's request to the old man of God, the mighty man of God. He did not request fame. He, he didn't request, he didn't say, you know what? I'm the next preacher coming up. I need a television show. He didn't request that. He didn't say, let me get into the newspaper. He didn't say, let me get invited to all the conferences. He didn't say, let me have a million followers on social media. He could have requested it, but he didn't. Elisha could have asked for fortune. He could have said, you know what? I need the mansion now. I need the best clothes now. I need the best car now. He could have asked for favor. He could have said, Elijah, as a Christian moving forward, I want everybody to like me. Now, Elijah, you were very confrontational. You made a lot of people mad. Matter of fact, back in in 1 Kings chapter 19, you told the Lord twice that people are trying to kill you. I I want favor. I want to fit in. He didn't ask for favor. And as I've said before, and you've heard me say it many a times, our forefathers faced adversity. Even John the Baptist faced adversity. Whenever he came, he said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And everybody liked him. Everybody had favor with him. Even the Pharisees and Jews said that he was a shining light. But whenever he started naming names and calling out sin and rebuking Herod, said, Hey, you're fornicating, you're adulterer, you're shacking up, it's wicked, it's straight out of hell. That's what got his head served on a platter and chopped off, friend. He could have asked for fame, fortune, and favor. But what I found was interesting is Elijah didn't want any of that. He knew that the mighty man of God is about to step off the scene. And he wasn't going to have his pastor to run to anymore. And he realized that the world's getting wicked out there. He says, how am I going to survive? I need a double portion of what you've got. Now, I don't want to get too deep into, to take up time to to try to explain the dispensation of the Holy Ghost. But in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, you were not indwelled with the Holy Ghost. He did not stay forever. The Holy Ghost was loaned to you. And Elijah, the spirit of Elijah that he's talking about, it was the spirit of the Holy Ghost and the power of God that Elijah had through the Holy Ghost. He says, I need a double portion of the Holy Ghost if I'm going to make it as a Christian in my day and age. He didn't ask for fame, fortune, and favor. You know what he asked for? He asked for the power of God. And I'm glad to be a local New Testament Christian, friend. The day I got born again was the day I got adopted into the family of God. The Holy Ghost quickened me. It regenerated me. It brought me to life, friend. And that very day I got all the Holy Ghost that I'll ever get. Amen. But whenever we get out into the world and sin comes by our way, we're feeding our sin, we're feeding our flesh, and then the, the, the effectiveness of the Holy Ghost in our life dwindles down and dwindles down and dwindles down. And whenever we decide to live a life of holiness, separate it to God, that's when God will fill us all the way back up to the brim, just like in the day that we got saved. Amen. He said, we needed power. Can I help you here and give you some encouragement tonight? We have power. 
We've got a message of power. Romans 1.16 says that I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation to anyone that believes, friend. Hey, we've got a message of power. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. We've got a powerful method. Acts 1.8 says, But ye shall receive power. Whenever the power of the Spirit and bride, when they hook up together and confront a sinner, there's power in it. I'm talking about confronting a sinner. And they're under that conviction. There's power in it, friend. Uh, the Bible says, how shall they hear without a preacher? The Bible says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. The Bible says, for as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel. We have a powerful method, friend. And God's chosen medium for our church age dispensation, our church age time frame, is preaching the gospel. Amen. Hey, you can't preach at the wrong time and you can't preach to the wrong person because every creature needs a preacher. Amen. Our manuscripts are power. They have power. Hebrews says that it's sharp, it's quick, it's powerful. And our manuscripts, our Holy Bible, has power in it. And I thank God because it's God-breathed, God-inspired. This is not just some fables that was mashed together by different authors. No, as God spoke, holy men wrote, and we have the power in our Bibles here tonight. Our Master has got power. Jesus says, all power is given unto you. Jesus, God, God tells him, He says, I'm going to send you out as sheep among wolves. And you're going to go out to all the Lord and you're going to preach the gospel but I'm not going to send you out without power. See, Elisha had to beg God for this power. We don't have to beg for it like he did because we already got it. The problem is we forgot that we got the power. We need to be reminded. You see, our master has got power. And let me tell you, the Lord Jesus Christ is our master. Nobody was born like he was born. And nobody lived like he lived. And nobody died like he died. And nobody got up from the grave on the third day like he did. Our master has got power. So the question is tonight, how are we going to get the power of God? How are we, we going to get a double portion? Let me say it takes a tangible pursuit. It takes a, a tangible, tangible pursuit. You see, if you notice in, the, in our text, in verse 1, where they started at, they, 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 they get to Gilgal. It's the first place. And Gilgal is a place of action. It's a place of activity. I got to thinking about that. In 2023, we have more action and more activity than we've ever had as far as administrating the gospel. And we now have less results. Isn't that something? Gilgal was a place of action. We've got more religious channels. Now, my favorite religious channel, I call it the Andy Griffith channel. Amen. Some call it MeTV. Amen. A little humor there. A little humor there. It's the best best I got tonight. I know my humor's dry. It's the best I got. But we've got got more religious channels now than we've ever had at, at, at all because... To be quite honest with you, half the time I don't even turn my blessed TV on because there ain't nothing what I'm going to run a rabbit trail. I'm going to do it. I can't even watch Andy Griffith without watching some drag queen come on in the commercial. I'm done. I'm, I've ran it. Amen. 
Amen. Hallelujah. I felt something on that one. We've got more religious channels than, than, than we ever have before. We've got more Christian schools, more Christian Bible colleges than we ever had. Thank God for it. We've got more live streaming than we've ever had. We have all this activity going on. But just because you're active does not mean you're truly doing a work for the Lord. Just because you're moving doesn't mean that you have the power of God. They were in Gilgal. And to know that you've got the power of God, you're going to see the results. You'll see it. You'll see the fruit from it. Now then I noticed they went from Gilgal. Watch, let's, let's go on a journey with them. They go from Gilgal to Bethel in verse number 2. Now Bethel is an interesting place. Bethel is a place of alteration. It's a, it's a place of alteration. It's a place of change. It's a place of changing. And let me say this. If we're ever going to get the power of God... As a prerequisite, it requires a clean vessel. If you want the power of God, you cannot be living in sin. That's a prerequisite. Are you with me so far? But after that prerequisite is there, just because you are a clean vessel, it don't mean you've got the power. It just means you're ready to have the power. Because you have to get to a place in your own heart, in your own mind, and in your own life. you got to get to your own Bethel, if you will, to let God change you, to let God alter you. To, to, to say, you know what, I realize that thou art the potter and I am the clay. Mold me and make me, Lord. Bethel was a place of alteration. You have to get to a place where God can get on you. I don't, I don't really have good theology. I don't have good vernacular for, for whenever God gets on you. But I'll share with you what little bit I got. Whenever you got born again, God gets in you. He indwells in you. But you can just tell whenever you walk by somebody and you're like, they got God on them. They, that's the best I got. I, I don't know how to explain it. It's just something that you notice. There's some evidences about it. And I believe it's because they had a clean vessel and they got to a place in their own spiritual closet said, Lord, mold me, make me, thy will be done. Let me say this. you got to have the right kind of alteration. See, a lot of people, they do like change. And they want to be changed. Unfortunately, they'll seek that change out in the world. And they'll try to let the world mold them and make them. That's not God's design for you, friend. Don't, don't be changed by the world. Be changed by the Word. I want to show you as well in our journey. Let's see where they go next. They started at Gilgal, went to Bethel. Then they go down to Jericho in our text. We find that down in, in verse number 4. They go down to Jericho. Now Jericho is a place of accomplishment. How many in here tonight are glad that you can walk back in your life and you can see the hand of God in your life amen. working in a situation. Amen. amen. Is anybody amen all over the building? We've all got Jerichos in our life. Well, we know that God showed up, that God answered our prayer, that, that God truly was in our midst. Those are places of Jericho. And I'm so glad because every time that I feel, you follow me now, I feel like I'm not saved. Or I feel like I'm not a good Christian. I have to remind the devil that there are some Jerichos in my place. Well, I know God saved me here. And I, and I know He got me through here. And I, and I know God persevered in my life here. There are some Jerichos in my life that I can hold on to in the midnight hour of my own life. Thank God for the Jerichos. And Jericho is a place of accomplishment. But the thing is here, they're traveling... 
And they get to Jericho and they don't stay there. You see, Jericho, the place of accomplishment in the Bible, is Joshua fought the battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling. That was a place of their forefathers. Elijah and Elisha, they come to Jericho and he said, hey, come here. Come here, preacher boy. Come here. Right there is where Joshua, who was following the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, destroyed these walls. The mighty fighter Joshua, the man of God that picked up whenever Moses stepped off the scene. Hush, son, you're on holy ground. Pay attention. Have some reverence in this place. It's a place of past accomplishments of our forefathers. And if God can do it through Joshua, He'll do it through you, son. I could see it. I could, I could see it. It might not have been explicitly spoken in the text, but I could see it happening. But the problem is, we cannot rest in Jericho. We can't just kick our legs up in Jericho. Because Jericho is the, Jericho is the place of past accomplishments. And thank God for past accomplishments. Thank God for the mighty men of God that has been in your life and done wonderful things. And you hear all these great testimonies of yesteryear. Thank God for it. And that's what gets me through as well, friend. But if we're going to make it in 2023, we got to let go of our Jerichos and move forward to Jordan. we got to keep pushing forward to where God wants us to be. We cannot rely on a place of past accomplishment. You see, Jordan is where God desires for you to be. Jordan is a place where God desires for you and I to be. And God wants you to be there. And Jordan is the apex here in our story. It's the pinnacle in our story. Jordan is where Joshua crossed. So they go from Gilgal to Bethel to Jericho. Then in our text they go to Jordan. That is the place where all their forefathers have crossed. This is the place where all the mighty men of God made it to. I just put this in here as a note. You know, oftentimes we, we want to measure the power of God by who we rub shoulders with. Amen. Or by, 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 by who we watch on TV or, or what, what radio station we listen to. Well, I listen to this preacher. I, I listen to that preacher. You cannot measure the power of God by someone you rub shoulders with. You measure the power of God by what God is doing in your individual life. You can't rely on others, friend. So what does that mean? You have to put the work in yourself to get the power of God. Until you learn to walk alone, you'll never walk for long, friend. So how real is this pursuit to you? You want the double portion? You want the power of God? What's it going to take for you to get there? I want you to notice three groups of people when we're closing. Three groups of people in our text. Firstly, number one, we see Elisha. In verse number 9. Let's look at verse number 9 again. That's our focus verse. And it came to pass when they were gone over, that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. You You know what I see about Elisha? He views himself humbly. He sees himself as a servant. You see, Elisha is there by himself. It's just him and the old man of God. He's not there to get recognition from others. He's not there to get a hand clap of praise. He sees himself humbly. 
You see, Elisha has no backing. No one else there supports him. But Elijah has a burden. And I thank God for Christians that have a burden in 2023 to see souls saved and to see lives changed. And most people never get to the place where they get the power of God because they think they already have it. And I'm saying that in in, in love. Most people never get the power of God because they think they've already got it. Elisha realized that even though he'd been walking with the man of God, he'd been shadowing the man of God, mentored by the man of God, he realized that he doesn't have what Elijah has. He sees himself humbly as a servant. He doesn't have a backing, but he's burdened. You can't be filled with power when you're filled with pride. You've got to be empty before you can be filled. You've got to be broken before you can be blessed. I noticed that Elijah was also hungry. And we want the power of God. I believe I believe all of us in this room here tonight, I believe that we all want the power of God. I sincerely believe that. But I realize that any time we want something that's bigger than ourselves... We've got to work for it. We've got to strive to get it. I'm not talking about works-based salvation. For understand me, I'm talking about the power of God in your life. If you're going to continue to make it in 2023. I see Elisha was hopeful. He realized that the same God that empowered our forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joshua, Moses, all them, is the same God today. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He realized that if God can do it for them, He can do it for me as well. He said, i got to have what they had, but better yet, I need a double portion of what they had to make it through in my day and age. He realized there's nothing deficient about our God. There's nothing depleted about our God. Our God is steadfast, friend. He's always faithful. Elijah said, I, I really don't know how I'm going to get this power. I know I can't buy it. They tried that in the book of Acts. He says, I know you have it, Elijah, and I need a double portion of it. I also see the second group of people. It involves the sons of the prophets. We we can see them once again in, in verse number three. And the sons of the prophets were at Bethel. And they came forth to Elijah and said unto him, Knowest? Thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? You know what they're saying? They're saying, hey, do you realize that God's about to kill Elijah? They're making fun of him. Because they've been battling with the old son of God all these years. And old time religion's about to step off the scene. He said, don't you realize that the old preacher's about to head on out of here? Elisha says, yeah, I know it. Hold you your peace. Now in the originals, that means hush up. I understand. God's in control. It's in the Masoretic text, amen. And so we see these prophets that are here. They're real critical. They're backseat drivers. They're the ones that they're not in control. But they always want to voice their opinion to the one that's in control. They realize that they're losing in their battle. And they always want to say something negative. You might even say that they're part of a crowd that's recovering from the fundamentalism. You might even say that they would shipwreck the ship that they're on because they're not the captain. These are the sons of the prophets. They do not have the power of God. 
I noticed that the sons of the prophets, they were defiant. See, here in this place is, is where our forefathers crossed. This is where Joshua crossed. And, and, and we see that Joshua and Jesus, they have the same name in Hebrew. And, and, and Joshua, he's a type of the Lord. And this is where Joshua crossed. And this is where Elijah is taking Elisha. He's taking him down the same old paths. Jeremiah 6.16 Stand ye in the way and see, and ask for the old paths, which is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But the sons of the prophets said, We will not walk therein. They were defiant. They didn't want to go down the same proven way that's been proven time and time again. They wanted to change things up. They wanted to go contemporary and shake things up. I noticed that they were defiant to the man of God. I noticed where they are in verse number 7. Verse number 7, And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off. They sitting in the back. They was way out yonder. They weren't, they weren't involved. Hey, they were there, but they did not participate in the work of the Lord. They were there just to be negative Nazis. And they were there just to be critical and criticize the old man of God that's about to step off the scene. And speak discouragement over the young pup that's coming up to take his place. These were the sons of the prophets. They wanted the power of God. But according to verse number 7, they wanted it from a distance. Then we've got the old man himself, Elijah. Y'all know I like Elijah. I'm about to say something that may sound a little bit negative about him. And I don't mean to be, but the Word of God it shows it to us. So Elijah's sitting there. And I want you to notice in verse number 10. Elijah just said, I need a double portion. Notice in verse 10 what Elijah says. Elijah says, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Elisha, what you've asked for me? That's very difficult, son. I, I realize that Elijah here, he's already, Elijah here, he's discouraging Elisha. He's, he's discouraging the young man of God. He's the, discouraging the next generation. And Elisha already realizes that he's already crossed this Jordan. So he's away from the sons of the prophets. But eventually he's going to have to cross back over the Jordan to get back to where they are. They're already discouraging him. And here he is. With his leader. And even his own leader is discouraging him. Son, you've asked a hard thing. I don't think you can get what I got. He's discouraging here. Be mindful of that crowd that wants to throw a wet blanket on your worship, friend. Be mindful of that crowd that wants to be critical. They're mad and they're critical because what you got is the power of God and they ain't got it. They got a form of godliness but they deny the power thereof. They're the sons of the prophets. And here Elijah is, he, he realizes, you know what? Elisha, in 2023, all this homosexuality is going to get really tough. All the things that, that, that's, that's good, we're going to call evil. Everything that's evil, they're going to call good. You ain't going to make it out there, son. Can I say this with as much love in my heart? I get so fed up whenever the older generation tells the younger generation they won't make it. I understand that they're concerned. But when they throw a wet blanket on us, you know what they do? We, we do kind of feel defeated a little bit. 
But you know what I noticed about Elisha? He still respects the man of God. He doesn't argue to the old man of God. He doesn't, he doesn't say, you know what, you're wrong. He's not defiant. He listens to him. But then he goes on ahead and he, he says, you know what? I hear you, Elijah, but I'm determined. I believe it was a litmus test. I believe Elijah approached Elisha and said, Son, do you really want it? Because you've asked for a hard thing. Do you really want the power of God because you've asked for a very hard thing? A lot of times whenever we face the first little bit of adversity, tires go flat. That's not a hit at Pastor Mike. I know his tire went flat this morning. Amen. <laughs> but, but when we face the first bit of adversity, we're, we're ready to give up. Elisha wasn't ready to give up. If you're going to get the power of God, you cannot give up. When you face a little bit of adversity, just say, you know what? I believe God. I want you to notice his determination. I want you to, we're going to continue to read down. Let's, let's look at, at, at verse, verse number 11. And it came to pass as they still went on, and that, uh, went on and taught that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire, and the horses of fire, and parted them both asunder, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried. He got emotional. Because he realizes, this is it. I'm without Elijah. I, I'm the next man up. This is it. God has commissioned me today to be a leader in my community today, right now. I can't rely on the things in the past anymore. It's up to me now. He goes on. He, uh, he, he, he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. Look what your Bible says. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. He took his skinny jeans off and his golf shirt, ripped it and threw it on the ground. What's it say in verse 13? And he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him. He picked up the old man of God's clothes. I don't think Elijah had on a coat and tie. But boy, that'll preach today, amen. He picked up the older generation's clothes. He took up the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, went back and stood by the bank. Verse 14. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him. And what's he do? He smote the waters with the mantle. And said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had also spent the waters, they parted hither and thither. And Elisha went open. I went over rather. You say, what happened there? If Elisha wanted to get what the other generation had, he had to do what the older generation did. He had to get down to the nitty gritty and realize, hey, what my generation has to offer, <laughs> it ain't cutting it. And I agree, my generation's soft. I, I mean, as a, as a man growing up, uh, we're soft. Uh, uh, as, a, as someone that hires people, we are soft. And I ain't trying to run that rabbit trail. But we got some soft so-called men coming up in my generation. And I thank God for the old timers in my life. They can sit down and tell me story and story and story. How they used to work all them hours. Or they worked in the field. How they took care of mama back home. How they were faithful to their wife. How they raised their family. 
That's what's going to get the job done, friend. You, 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 want to, you want to get the power of God, you stay faithful, friend. You continue on in the old path. You pick up the mantle that's already been passed down to you. You don't start a new way. You don't try a new trend. You stick with the, what thus saith the Lord. 